little bummed you're missing my birthday party. I know, I am too. I'm sorry. It's okay. We will we'll definitely have to come see the see the house soon. You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide and wonderful world of streaming teen cinema and adult rom-coms. I am your co-host, library manager and YA lit enthusiast, Martha Sullivan, and I am here as always with my co-host. I'm Martin Hagman, adult services librarian and rom-com enthusiast. And we are here today to discuss the Netflix young adult series Heartstopper. Uh, This show did come out about 12 minutes ago. So if you would like to watch it unspoiled, I suggest you save our episode until after you've had a chance to watch it. It is eight half hour or less episodes. I believe in you. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, we will be spoiling it. So this is your spoiler warning at the top of the show. Uh, Heartstopper is a 2022 uh, Netflix original series adapted by a adapted from a webcomic turned into a graphic novel uh, by Alice Osman that started in 2016 um, and is still archived on Webtoon. Uh, it is very cute. I read a, the first couple of chapters of that. Um, and oh man, Marin. Our Nick and Charlie in the adaptation look exactly like the original <laughs> art. It's incredible. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Heartstopper is did you do? Um, premiered on Netflix, directed by Euros Lynn, uh, ba- adapted by Alice Osman. Uh, and others, um, stars Joe Locke as Charlie Spring, Kit Connor as Nick Nelson, Yasmin Finney as L. Argent, William Gao as Tao Zhu, Cormac Hyde-Corin as Harry Green, Toby Donovan as Isaac Henderson, Rhea Norwood as Imogene Heaney, Sebastian Croft as Ben Hope, and a whole bunch of other people. Oh, Olivia Coleman as Sarah Nelson, Nick no- Nick Nelson's mother. Um, Karina Brown as Tara Jones. I'm looking for the guy who plays. There he is. Uh, Fiseo Akinade as Mr. Uh, Ajayi. And Chetna Pandya as Coach Singh. And then just a whole bunch of other people. But those were the, the highlights <laughs> I wanted to get into. Uh, Marin, would you like to give us a brief synopsis about what Heartstopper is all about? Yeah, uh, Heartstopper centers on the story of Charlie and Nick. Uh, Charlie is a year 10, which I don't know if that correlates to 10th grade. I I think roughly. Um, and he is recently... I think sort of. I think he's... I believe that means that he is 15. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Charlie is a year 10 um, who has recently been outed at his school. Um, he has a relationship with this other boy, Ben, who makes them keep it secret and is kind of terrible to him. Um he has a friend group of three close friends, um, Tao, um, the other guy's name, who I forgot, Isaac, 
Isaac is the other one. And then L. Um, L has uh, recently transferred schools um, after she has come out. Um, so, yeah, Charlie is kind of in all this transition with his friend group, has just been out at a school, is seeing this guy who's really yes. not nice to specifically, him. Specifically, Elle is out as a trans woman. Yes. They go to an all-boys school, and Elle has just transferred from Truem, the all-boys school, to the all-girls school. Um, yeah, and so kind of in... You know, uh, there, there's been a lot of change in Charlie's life. Um, and at that point, he ends up getting seated next to uh, Nick, who is a year 11, which I assume means he's a year older than him. Um, and Charlie uh, develops a crush on Nick. Um, and over the course of the season, we kind of see Nick come to terms with the fact that he is uh, bisexual and also has a crush on Charlie. Um, so that's kind of the main thread, uh, in there is a lot about rugby, um, and Nick's terrible friends on the rugby team, uh, he gets Charlie to join the rugby team, but the, the people on the rugby team are terrible, so, um, Nick, or Charlie doesn't quite feel like he fits in with those people, and... Um, doesn't want, goes through kind of a whole crisis of confidence of, doesn't want Nick to, you know, be giving up his friend group. Meanwhile, Nick is kind of realizing his friends are terrible. Um, so yeah, that is the main thrust of the plot. Um, side plots include, uh, Charlie's friend Tao, uh, being worried that, you know, Charlie seeing Nick is gonna mean that Tao is less a priority in his life, um, Elle, you know, settling into her new school, um, and making friends there. Um, Isaac's just kind of around <laughs> and reading a lot in the background. Um, yeah, those are the kind of big thrusts. Um, yeah, I would say the main theme of this show is that teens feel everything all at once, and sometimes that makes change hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, and yeah, and I think like the actual plot points of the show are a lot of just regular teen stuff. Like, uh, Nick gets asked out on a date by a girl, but like, doesn't want to go, but feels like he has to go because she her dog just died, and he and. She asks him out on a date, like, right after he kisses Charlie for the first time. <laughs> and, like, truly, one of the things that Charlie has to deal with is that his relationship with Ben, one of the things that makes it so awful is that Ben is like, we can't get caught. Like, he's so focused on keeping it a secret that he won't even acknowledge Charlie in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And so when Charlie and Nick's friendship... Which starts as a very strong, like, that kind of singular focus on another person that you have as a kid. Like, I had I had a couple of these friendships over the course of my, like, childhood and adolescence where it was, like, the one person that you wanted to be around all the time. And it's not necessarily romantic, but it's intense in the same way. 
And for Charlie, it's it's complicated by the fact that he is developing a crush on Nick. And for Nick, it's complicated by the fact that he is discovering that he may actually have a crush on Charlie. And that's a whole new thing for him. But yeah, right after they kiss for the first time, then Imogene is like, I really like you. Let's go on a date. And poor Nick has had to deal with so many confusing things over the past couple days. And he's really like the embodiment of a golden retriever. Yes. Like, everything about this boy wants to be a people pleaser. So, like, it sucks, but it also, you're not surprised when he says yes. Um, But then Charlie, like, just got out of this thing with Ben, and then with Nick, Charlie, like, Charlie first assumes that Nick will want to keep it all a secret, um, so I'm going to admit to the listeners now that I have not watched the last couple of episodes. So I'm going to ask you, Marin, mm-hmm. w- one of the things that I've been feeling up through episode five is that Charlie is the kind of impetus behind wanting, like wanting to keep everything a secret because he thinks that that's what Nick wants. Does that ever kind of come to a head where Nick is like, I don't actually want to keep this a secret and I feel bad that you do? Oh, yeah, no, he like, there's a, a school, uh, uh, like field day, I guess, a British version of a field day. Um, and, um. Yeah, Nick, like, runs off the field to Charlie in front of the whole school. So, there's a moment where, yeah, like, Nick does a, like, big public... I guess they don't, like, kiss or anything in front of the whole school. He just, like, takes him by the hand and walks him into the school building where they start, like, making out. But, yeah, there's definitely a, like, public... Um, Nick definitely has a, like, okay, we need to, you need to get over this, like, I, yeah. Because, yeah, it's been really, it's been really interesting to watch because it, it definitely feels like Charlie is like, well, this is what the last boy I dated wanted, so... And Nick didn't even know he liked boys until recently. So it feels when he tells Nick, like, oh, and we'll, like, don't worry, I'll keep it a secret. No one will know. It feels like he thinks he's getting ahead of that question. Mm-hmm. But the actor who plays Nick, um, Kate Connor, I think his face does, he does some really good face acting because Nick is clearly like, he really likes Charlie. In, in a lot of different ways. And I think it really hurts him yeah. when Charlie is like, we can keep it a secret. Even though Charlie's intentions are good about that, I think both of the boys do a lot of very good emotive acting in those sequences where you can see like the tension and the like how they are torn about this decision. Because they both, it feels like they both think that that's what the other one wants. Right. Right, like they're they're trying so desperately hard to avoid anticipating what the other is feeling instead of actually talking about it. Um which is such a teenager thing. Yeah, it's a very much a teen thing to do. Uh, but yeah, I think that um 
yeah, so I think, yeah, Charlie is trying to get around that, and I think Nick interprets that as, you know, reluctance in general on Charlie's part, and because, like, Nick saw some of the things that happened with Ben, because, in fact, one time Nick had to, like, run Ben off from Charlie, um, but, you know, he doesn't know the whole story and doesn't know that that's where Charlie's coming from with this. There is a scene in this third episode, maybe when Nick Googles, how do I know I'm gay and takes a quiz, <laughs> like a Buzzfeed quiz. Yeah. And the result is like 68% gay. And he cries like he it's like one tear and i found that scene so heartbreaking not because it is bad to be gay obviously Mm -hmm. it is not but you can tell that it is definitely the first time he's having a moment where like everything he thinks he knows about himself is changing yeah and I just, I think that he does a really, again, I think that Kit Connor does a really great job of communicating just how overwhelming that would feel, even though it's not bad. And like, he never denigrates Charlie for being gay. Like it's, it's never really a thing, but to, to realize, like to learn something about himself like that, I thought that he did a really good job with that moment. That felt very real to me. Yeah. I think overall the show does a really good job balancing um, moments of great whimsy. Like there are, there are moments of little like mini animation where there are like actual animated hearts coming out of the characters (laughs) or like moments that are very kind of twee or um like and like silly but i think it because the rest of it is so grounded in things that teens actually feel all the time that really worked for me yeah i mean i think it worked in terms of like the heightened emotional lives of teens um mm-hmm. i think that it i think one thing that was kind of tough for me and one thing where the early episodes especially did not hold my attention as much is i i think that so throughout the course of the show it becomes clear that tau and l um have feelings for each other Um, And I think that that relationship, speaking of whimsy, like that relationship had so much whimsy and fun and you could just see um, the two of them really just enjoying each other. Um, That for me, it almost by a certain point in the show, I just wanted a show about them. It felt like all of the Charlie (laughs) and Nick scenes. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Come on, come on, come on. Let's get to the good stuff. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Because I think that, I I think because Tao and Elle had such fun and, um, you know, because there were so many scenes of, like, them dancing silly with each other and making jokes about movies and um, it just, 
I just felt their chemistry so much more that for me, yeah, like I said, it was a little bit of like, okay, 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 come on, come on, come on, let's get through. But I, but but where are Tao and L? Like that's that's what I care about. <laughs> that is very interesting to me. Um, I really loved L. I thought she was basically the best character in the show. Oh yeah. Um, but I guess I didn't feel that way because, like. Nick and Charlie's chemistry really worked for me. And I really, I thought that their, I thought that the way that their incredibly close friendship kind of transitions into this romantic place um, felt very natural. And it also felt very high school to me, but in like a good way. Like I, I had relationships that started as incredibly intense friendships that then we were like, well, guess we should date because that's, that's like how this feels. Um, and then the, the, I mean, I, I have never had to also grapple with um, trying to figure out my sexuality at the same time, but I did think that the show struck a really good, balance between just the normal like trying to figure out what this relationship means to these two people and then also with the added layer of nick is figuring out that he is um bisexual through the course of the show i don't know l i i really liked l i don't think i liked how like how was not a character that i connected to all that often or all that well um, although I sympathized with him because change is big and scary and it sucks. Um, and it can feel, you know, I, I definitely related to the, like, if you can, if you, you feel like your friends are drifting away from you, if things are changing in a way that they're not like that, they're moving away from you and how much that can be scary yeah. i don't know i i feel like i'm not being super articulate no i think that makes sense um, um yeah i think i don't know i guess just because um maybe it's because and this is why i think that second chance romance is my uh catnip of choice because i think that oftentimes for me when we have when we have, like, a romantic A-plot and B-plot, and one is we see the whole arc, we see them from not knowing each other to falling in love, versus we see folks who have already had a close relationship fall in love. Um, I, I think that the latter is just so much more compelling to me, because I think that so often there are ways that writers just make it feel lived in and there's less well at least for me it seems like you get to see more of the good stuff like i don't whenever i am presented with a they start out as strangers versus they start out either having again second chance romance is like my catnip in terms of like oh okay we've already had a relationship not work out or we're already like super close friends um for me i think that and it, i think it also is just an easier place to start um but i i just always find those 
more compelling. So I think that was some of the case for me here. And I think from a storytelling perspective, like Tao and L are both already pretty fully formed characters. Like right. they start the show knowing who they are. Like we don't we don't see Elle's coming out, which is fine. We don't need to. Like she is who she is and she's awesome. Um, but one of the things that I found very compelling about the Nick and Charlie storyline is that I really enjoyed watching nick figure out who he is like that that piece was really um i found that piece to be really uh really compelling so i just liked watching his journey especially because these boys are so cute anytime anybody was sad on this show i was like this is not on i will I will beat them all up and <laughs> to make you feel better. Um, so I just, I just had a very soft spot for the kind of radical re like reevaluation of who he is um, that Nick is dealing with. Um, whereas this is not to say that L and Tao are less compelling characters, but their journey is much more of a like like these are two people who who know who they are and now they are figuring out who they are together, which is also very cute. Um but I think I was more um I don't know. I've I've used the word compelled and compelling like 18 times already, <laughs> but like um I don't know. I just really enjoyed watching Nick figure out who he is and to do it through the lens of his relationship, his very sweet relationship with Charlie. I could have used like a whole L episode though. Mm -hmm. Like just start to finish a day of hers at her girl's school. I loved Tara and Darcy, her friends that she makes at school who turn out to be lesbians. I thought they were adorable. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a quick blink and you'll miss it side bit about Nick and Tara possibly being a thing. And then you find out that Tara's a lesbian, <laughs> <laughs> which was very good. Um, yeah. I liked how quickly that was like, and nope. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they have a very fun relationship that you get to watch as they like slowly decide to become more public and like to stop. Um, like they're not necessarily going to tell people they're together, but they're going to stop like pretending that they're not. That felt very real to me. Yeah. Um, Although I did see that there is perhaps some unfortunate things coming up for them in a future episode that I'm not excited about. I only want good things for all of these babies. <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, Nick, terrible friend Harry, continues to be terrible. He's so awful. Yeah, he almost was like a caricature. I was a little like, okay, come on. like. Except that... You and I both, well, maybe not you, but I knew people like that in high school. Like, I actually, I think the characterizations of the kids here are all pretty 
spot on. Like they're they're dramatized versions, but they are still definitely recognizable to me as like, oh, a particular flavor of awful. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this teen exists. It just it was a little like, oh, okay. Um just that they were so awful. And as you will see, he will just get even more awful. Um Yeah, it did just feel like how could this be like how has no adult intervened in this or how has this not been addressed like oh because no one in high school wants to admit they're being bullied Mm. Yeah, I did not I did not really find any of the characterizations to be too outlandish. Um I was really glad that they gave Charlie a sympathetic teacher mm-hmm. that he had Mr. Agi to go his classroom to go to. Um I thought Olivia Coleman as Nick's mom needed more to do because yeah. she's Olivia Coleman. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> like I going into it, I was like, oh, they got Olivia Coleman. She's going to get to have like some big scenes. I'm like, no, oh, she's just kind of around. Okay. I was glad that what we see of Charlie's parents, they seem very supportive. Yeah. I was happy about that. Um,. Yeah, I I almost could have... Actually, I don't know if I wanted more parent presence. I, I think that maybe this was a good amount. Like, we got to see enough of them to know that they are a presence in both of our teens' lives, um, but not so much that they, like, interrupted the teen drama, which we were all actually there for. Yeah, I feel like very often we... Teen things go either in the direction of, oh, good lord, where are their parents? Or, like, oh, okay, this is all about their issues with their parents. Got it. Like, yeah, I feel like many do not pull off this balance. Yeah, and I'm kind of just, like, I'm okay just knowing that they're there. Yeah. Like, Charlie's mom is there to be like, oh, Nick is a nice boy. Now put your clothes on so we can go visit Grandma. Like, that is (laughs) perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I also, uh, I, lo- I loved Tao's mom being like, oh, hello, Elle, like, it's been so long, ah! I will go put the kettle on. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so cute. I was like, oh, please make tea for me. Yes. Um, I also liked that Elle being trans was, like, not a thing. Like, yeah. we we got enough to know that that was her truth, but that... And, and I mean, unless something drastic happens in the last two no. epi- or in the last three episodes, but like she is just allowed to be a trans character and exist that way, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, it's cool." Oh, you used to go to Trum. How was it over there? <laughs> they wouldn't let me grow my hair out. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was very refreshing. Yeah, and I I think that. Yeah, I I think it was good that it just, yep, it was just a fact and not a, like, 
not necessarily a plot point beyond where it interacted with what she was doing. But yeah, no, I think it was good casual. Casual is that the right word that comes to mind? Yeah, just like organic intersectionality. Yeah. They were they were a group of friends that I think accurately represented the kinds of kids who would find each other in nice. high school. Uh, Could have used more Isaac just because I feel like all of the other characters were more well fleshed out and he was just sort of there. Yeah, and that doesn't change in the last few episodes. Isaac just kind of stands around. Yeah, I wanted more for Isaac to do. It's kind of like, what's his deal? And it's almost too like every once in a while someone would come and be like, oh, well, Isaac says this. You know, it's almost like. And I don't know if the intention was to portray him as someone who was so shy that he kind of needs his friends to connect him to the world um but then we never really saw him being a main part of the friend group either so we didn't get to see the like oh well when it's just them isaac you know gets to be himself but when it comes to the big group he kind of fades in the background like we just didn't get to like see any of him (laughs) Yeah, mostly he exists to not show up places so that he can give Tao and Elle alone time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of ditches them. And also to tell... Yeah, also to tell Tao he's being an idiot about Nick, which I did appreciate. Yeah, yeah, he got, like, that one scene. Uh, and that's pretty much mm-hmm. all. There are several scenes where he is literally, like, just in the background reading a book. Is it he or no? It's Tao who says, like, as your token straight friend, it's my duty to remind you that sometimes people are straight. Oh, so I can't remember which one it is. I think I think that's Tao because he's saying it about he's saying it about Nick when Charlie is like, but he might be, and Tao is like. But it's okay if he isn't. (laughs) Um, Which leads, I mean, by inference, it means that Isaac is also uh, somewhere in the queer spectrum. And I just, I would have liked to have gotten to know a little bit more about him. Right. That's all. No, I fully agree. Uh, Nellie, Nick's dog, is perfect. Oh, so cute. Well, except for the part that whenever she did anything, my dog was like... Mm? wake up from nap (laughs) hello other dog did ozzy think that he had a new friend oh every time ozzy always thinks he has a new friend except for ozzy's way of greeting new friends uh is to bark so yeah i mean that checks out yeah so yeah we uh we need to do some more training with uh i started some some training of the command quiet um so he can you know Stop barking at every other dog, horse, slightly loud noise on the TV. <laughs> yeah, gotta keep working uh, on that. Good luck. Thank you. Yes, good luck. <laughs> it, it will take some luck. Um, cause yeah, he uh, he will go from 
Sometimes he will sleep through a dog being on screen, but the second a dog barks or makes a dog-like sound, he will go from, I am asleep, to, in like T minus three seconds. So as somebody who has finished the show, how did you feel about the resolution? Yeah, I will be curious how they, because I do believe I've heard it is um, renewed for a second season, and I'm going to be curious where that goes, because I, I feel like this wrapped up the storylines pretty nicely. Um, I mean, not everything got wrapped up, but, um, I mean, for example, Tao and Elle do never officially get together. Um, what? Yep, that doesn't yeah. happen. Just... Yeah, so that's like the only thing I care about happening in the second season. But that's kind of <laughs> the only main unresolved thing. Um, I mean, like I said, Nick does a grand public gesture. Um, Charlie and Tao reconcile their friendship. Um, uh, Nick and Charlie go on a cute little date by the seaside and Nick decides he's gonna come out. Um, and like the ending scenes are Nick coming out to his mom. And she's basically like, oh, okay, that's nice, honey. Um <laughs> So yeah, I don't know where they're gonna take a second season. Maybe hopefully we'll find I, out more I, about Isaac. I will tell you, my concern about this is the same as my concern about season two of Starstruck. Mm. which I am also very excited about, but I worry that the writers will decide that the only dramatic course is to have um, Nick and Charlie fight and break up and then get back together. And I don't love that. Um, I wish that people could recognize that there are more story options for established romantic couples than to break them up and then have them get back together. Right? Ugh. Yeah. And I think so especially... Is, yeah. Yeah, that is my concern. It is. I mean, and I, I think that has been a, a problem with serialized... I mean, I think that, yeah, every television show... That's why they keep couples in the will they, won't they? Because once they get couples together, they don't know what to do. Um, and I think it's a rare show. I, I think actually of all shows, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a good exception where. Also I, Parks and Recreation. Also Parks and Recreation. Apparently just only Mike Sure knows how to do this. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Mike Sure has many things, but he is not a lazy writer. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think. Yeah. I love Mike Scher. What's up? Just oh, I said I love Mike Sure. That sounded made it sound like I have Mike Sure complaints, and I don't really. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to once I uh, free up some Libby holds because uh, my Libby holds are full because uh, no time to read. Um, I need to get his book on hold. But yeah, I I think one reason why Brooklyn Nine Nine and Parks and Rec are successful about that is because they keep giving them normal established couple like they actually give the couple like relationship 
like like things happen in their relationship and it's never a question yes. of are we going to break up it's just how are we going to get through this thing together um, yes yeah and i i think many shows from how i met your mother to new girl to che freaking cheers um oh Shit's creek also does a really good job okay with that have you watched Shit's Creek? I we started it. I think we got through like season two. Okay, yeah. Um, the the brother, um, David. Yeah, yeah. David gets into a relationship with a guy, and it is so cute. And the drama is never are they going to break up. It is them dealing with relationship things. Um, it just, I am at a point in my life where, like, I'm tired of, I'm not tired of will they, won't they. Like, that, I think, can be spun out in a really effective way. But I'm tired of couples breaking up for no reason, except that that's the only story that somebody could think of for them. And like, then either miraculously getting back together at the last minute or pulling a Grey's Anatomy where they just, like, make him go through it again in the next four seasons, you know? Like, yeah. No, it's so annoying. Like, Superstore, I think, is a good example of Superstore broke up its main couple for no good reason, except for America Ferreira wanted to do other things and... They ended up getting canceled, so they were able to bring her back. But it was just like, uh, this makes no sense for the characters. It feels so forced. You guys have just run out of ideas, and this actress wants to do something else for a while. Boring. Yeah, so boring. So I still have not watched the last season of Superstore, because I... As far as I'm concerned, we end before the breakup. <laughs> Although I do know they get back together. Spoiler alert. I have not watched any of Superstore. <gasps> it's been on my list for a while. <gasps> Martha, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it will bring you so much joy. Oh yeah, I've heard really good things about it. It's so good. I love it so much. And I think that... Yeah. And I, I, for a long time I would have said Superstore was a good... Well, actually Superstore had a very long will they, won't they. But... Superstar also did some good, like, felt very authentic relationship things, not just will they, won't they. Um, and mm -hmm. then, they, then they lost the plot, quite literally. Um, it happens. It does. But yes, yeah, Superstar is excellent. You should watch it. I love Superstore. Um, yeah, so yeah, I am not sure what they are going to get into for season two, other than, you know, New Year at school. Nick coming out to everybody. Tao and Elle maybe officially getting together. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, honestly. Honestly, like, Nick dealing with having... Or Nick dealing with coming out to everybody. Like, that's a big... That's a big thing. Like, I feel like there's a lot of meat on that bone. True. Um, without worrying about getting into, like... And he and Charlie decide to break up because it's too hard. I'm not interested in that. Don't want it. Right. Like, they are teenagers, so have them break up if it is the organic thing to do. But don't do it just because you've run out of ideas on how to, like, 
make this work. Pull a pull a Sebastian from Glee. Bring in another hot guy who's like, <laughs> oh hey, Nick's gay now. Because <laughs> let us never forget that Grant Gustin I was started just gonna off say the home <laughs> the Flash himself. <laughs> We all have to start somewhere, Grant. We all have to start somewhere. Oh, for sure. And now he's now he's getting that CW money. You go, dude. Like, get it, get it, Grant. Get that, get that job security. <laughs> yeah, get that, get that sweet, sweet CW money. <laughs> Even though you're probably like almost forty by now. <laughs> oh, but that's okay. He's playing an adult. He is. Oh, he's only. 32. Sorry, Grant Gustin. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. I was casting being... aspersion. <laughs> I was being so mean for no reason. Sorry, Grant Gustin. <laughs> uh, anything else that we want to say about Heartstopper? Did you like it? Like, I, uh, overall? Yes and no. I Would you, I, would you watch a season two? I'm sensing no. Potentially. I will put it this way. I am very glad it exists. I, I think it is something that should exist. Um, and I think it's going to be very meaningful for a lot of people. Um, I personally found it a little harder to get into um, for some reason or another. Because technically it should hit all my boxes. It Maybe it was just like a little bit too twee for me. Um, sure. Just like a hair. So I didn't, I, I did find myself, especially in the earlier episodes, struggling to stay fully engaged. Um, listeners, though, I have also had, like, a crazy last few weeks. So part of it, too, could have been the, like, I just really want to watch The Lost City, and I'm watching this instead right now. But... Um, uh, I do just real quick want to call out that the soundtrack on this show flaps. I did appreciate the church's needle drop. That's always a good one. Yeah, I thought the music was A+. I think there was a Robin needle drop on there, too. Yeah, very, very much approved. Um, but yeah, I don't want you to think I disliked it. It was more just... I wasn't... Not your thing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad it exists. I, I think it's an important thing to exist. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was adorable. I will watch as much of it as they want to make it. Um, but it is also, like, very firmly more in my wheelhouse, I think. True. What would we like to advise our listeners to read or watch when they're done with Heartstopper? Yeah. So I don't know if I've recommended. I know I have recommended other books by this author. I can't remember if I have recommended. Actually, by both of these authors. It is a, um, it is an author team up of two authors I like individually. Um, so I can't remember if I've recommended this collaboration, though. But it is a book called Him. By Serena Bowen and L. Kennedy. Um, and it is about um, two hockey players, uh, Jamie and Ryan, who were best friends and roommates for years at hockey camp. Um, and Ryan cut Jamie off without an explanation. Um, and years later, 
uh, after college. They wind up as counselors sharing a cabin at the same camp. Um, and Jamie wants to know why and wants to repair their friendship. Um, and of course, the whole time, Ryan has been super in love with him and hiding it, which is why he cut him off. <laughs> um, so it's kind of about um, Jamie's journey of self-discovery of like, oh, maybe I didn't just miss this friend in my life. Maybe I missed him because I was actually in love with him. And R- versus Ryan being like, oh, I'm in love with a straight guy. This is terrible. Um, and meanwhile, they're also teaching children to play hockey. Yes. Literally that. Maren, everything you're saying to me right now is perfect. You will I need love you this to understand. <laughs> I need you to understand. You will love this book. It is how... on Hoopla. Go check it out right oh, yeah. now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need you to understand how fast I'm about to go check this book. <laughs> yeah. No, Mar- Martha, um, you, you need this book in your life. It is great. And there's a sequel, which usually doesn't happen. Not only do I need this book in my life, I know, I know conservatively three other people that I'm about to buy a copy for. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, this book is terrific. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. Yep, do- just double checked. Still on Hoopla. Um, Incredible. So good. You will love it. Yeah, him by L. Kennedy and Serena Bowen. Fantastic. Uh, I am here to recommend a book to y'all that you've probably read, but it was on my mind while I was watching this show, so I'm going to talk about it anyway. It's called Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. It is about. Oh, fabulous. Then we can cover the movie on our show. (laughs) Yeah, they just cast the leads. It's been all over one of my uh, romance novel Facebook groups. So cute. But it is about the son of the American president and uh, a British prince and their enemies to lovers relationship. And it is so cute. Um, And it is one of the most effective books I've seen that uses texting in Mm. a language that feels very um, authentic to me. Um. Like, the way that these two boys, because they're, like, 18, 19, maybe 20, they're still pretty young. Yeah. But the way that they text each other, I was like, yes, that's correct. This is how, this is how the youngs do it. Aww. Um, but yes, I am thrilled to hear that it is going to become a movie. I cannot wait. We will cover it on this show, if we're still doing this show by the time it comes out. <laughs> Um, Casey McQuiston also just wrote another book that I haven't read yet, but I'm very excited. I think she's very talented and yeah, her book was like, I got an arc of it before it came out and we all passed it around at the, in the library that I worked at because it took us about, took all of us about four hours to read and then we would just pass it on to the next person. Like your, your heart needs this book. So, for our next episode, we are going to be covering the brand spanking new hot off the presses Hulu original Fire Island. Uh, So, please watch that before the next couple of weeks. We are continuing our Pride Month theme with some more very cute gay people and and also Margaret Cho, although she definitely falls under the umbrella of cute gay people. Oh, yeah. Um. 
If you would like more content from moi, and in this in this vein, uh, you should listen to our sister show, Did You Do Your Homework?, which I record with Pete, Marin's husband, uh, and that updates on opposing weeks to this one. Same feed, because I'm too lazy to set up another one. Uh, you can follow me, or you can follow the shows, first of all, at all the places at DYDYH Podcast, including... Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr may also auto update whenever I post an episode. Not sure about that one. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at all the places at Magical Martha. Um, I post mostly on Instagram these days, and it's mostly pictures of my guinea pigs and also zoo animals when I go to the zoo. Oh, Marin, where can where can people find you? Uh, folks can find me on Twitter, where I tweet under a underscore star underscore dance where i pretty much just tweet about romance novels these days so feel free to give me a follow if that is something that interests you that's legit i tweet about um how much i dislike my job and how awful the world is and sometimes i get excited about art and video game and comic news so that's kind of cool that is cool <laughs> not the other things but that is cool mm. yes um i believe i have officially run out of things to talk about so i'm <laughs> gonna end the podcast here uh we will see you all in a couple of weeks go enjoy fire island get those hulu views up and maybe joel kim booster will give us another movie pretty soon uh and until we see you in a couple of weeks just remember that we love you The end. Woo, we did it.